I'm Dr. Cordy Williams, candidate for the United States Senate. The current occupant in the White House has failed to protect our country from foreign enemies. In fact, they've actually armed them. The strategically flawed evacuation of Americans and allies in Kabul, Afghanistan, demonstrates the lack of concern for our safety and the lives of our brave men and women in uniform. At the age of 17, I joined the United States Marine Corps. At age 20, I volunteered to be shipped out to Afghanistan after the September 11th terrorist attacks. As the only military veteran who volunteered for combat in this race, I have the necessary experience to hold this administration accountable for poorly strategized military operations, military conflicts that do not put America first, and arming terrorists with information that jeopardizes our safety. As your next U.S. Senator, I will keep our country first. Vote to end all arms deals with foreign countries. Stop all foreign aid handed out to countries that hate us and hold China accountable. My foreign policy is an America first policy. If you want to hold the CCP accountable, support our veterans and put real leaders in charge. I ask for your vote in the June 7th primary. It's One American Podcast live with Dr. Cordy Williams. Are you snapping necks and cashing checks, brother? <laughs> snapping necks and cashing checks. I love that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We only say that in the chiropractic space. So so to hear to hear someone that obviously appreciates um, the, the, the profession, even even. Um, using a, a, a joke like that is it's, it's still flattering. It's still cute. I love it, man. Chase, it's, it's awesome to be on the show. Yeah, no, we're turning on some life flows, some brain stems, which we can get into the chiropractic part of stuff. Cause you know, we're all quacks anyways. What do we know? We should be given Lucifer a shots that, you know, MRNA mutate your body and all that stuff that have no scientific evidence whatsoever. Always a better strategy related to health versus Oh, wow. He adjusted me. Oh, wow. The body's a self-healing, self-regulating organism. Oh, that's crazy. What an idea. No, um, we love our friends across the aisle called medical doctors. We just kind of think that putting a brainstem in the right way, like in the right place, removing that interference where that, that bone is crushing that nerve, allowing that intelligence to get through from the brain to the spinal cord to the organ just naturally makes more sense. And if you hear a nice audible sound, which is gas, it's the only time it's okay to pass gas in public and it's okay, <laughs> right? Then then praise God. And if if you are cracking necks and cashing checks, then that's awesome because that means you're changing lives. So, so man, what an intro. I love it, dude. I love it. So, so I've got to ask you, speaking of brain stems, how is our, how's our president Joe Biden doing <laughs> in your, well, in your medical think- expertise? <laughs> Yeah, in, in the chiropractic space, we always say so, so a subluxation is a blockage on a nerve going to an organ. And so the highest bone is C1, right? That that, sure. that you can adjust or well C0 the occiput. But what we always say is that, you know, people like like the guy in the you know, in the White House, he's got a subluxation above C1. Meaning there's there's <laughs> not a lot there. Yeah. Something wrong. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot there for sure, for sure. No, no, I mean all jokes aside and you know, I always say this all the time, Chase, it's, you know, this election is so important because, you know, I firmly believe as a Jesus guy and a Trump guy, it's it's not about red or blue. It's not about Biden or Trump. It's not about race or gender. It's about the future our kids are going to walk into. And I just, you know, firmly believe not just as a political talking point, like like some of, you know, the crying chucks of the world and the, the Schumers and the McConnells, you, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, we've got to get to to we've got to get to the point where we're having political conversations about the 51% that unite us instead of the 49% that divide us. And I've, I've been so frustrated with the other side. And I think not because I'm running a race in California, but more because I've been doing activist work with, you know, uh, 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 mutual friends that you and I have like Matt couch, for example, I've been doing work with them on the road for so long and I was so frustrated and, and PO'd like many people out there that 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 there were all sorts of words that I used for the other side. Mm-hmm. And then what I came to realize was you have three or four or five or six decades of people that have been brainwashed, right? Because, you know, fundamentally, Democrats at their core, true Democrats, are, are good, hardworking people. 
like like sure. like the Democratic Party, right? Like if you think about the JFK, yeah, Democrats, I call it the, the American left versus the political left. They're two different things. A hundred percent, man. Like like we can't say, and and I'm guilty of it too, right? And then when I talk and I just ask questions to people that maybe voted democratically, right, right, meaning or, or voted for the Democrat Party, I realize that it's it's not. They've just they've listened to the social authority that the mainstream media still has with some people. Like if you think, if you think from a medical standpoint, you know, if somebody told you you had stage four pancreatic cancer, you're going to go home, you know, you're going to put your affairs in order. Most people that, that don't have the chiropractic principle or some other principle, like, you know, I'm a Jesus guy. So we, we you know, we innately know by his stripes, we're all healed. If that's not your North compass, that medical doctor is going to tell you that and, and you're going to be like, oh, man, I better get my life insurance ready. I'm, you know, I'm transitioning right now. Things are over. Well, the media, the mainstream media has done the same thing. They have that social authority where they just like naturally folks are just like blind zombies. And you saw it with the first time and in, in, in really in our lives, Chase, and, and many people's lives where like somebody could tell you to put a jock strap on your face. People sure. would actually do it. And then Fool they me once, you shame believe. on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> and and like the idea that sitting and standing are the difference between living and dying when you're walking to a table, like they right. led a, a lot of the population of this country to believe that. And so you you know, I just think that 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 going forward, we really start to have you know, and, and God really convicted me on this because I was I was the first one to make them the enemy. And then he really worked on my heart. And as, as we started campaigning all over the state, I just began to see that, man, you know, these are fundamentally good people that have been led astray and they need somebody to just ask them some questions, lead them in a certain direction and, and basically just have a conversation with them. Like, where do you want your kids to be in five years or 10 years? Do you want them hating America? Does that benefit anybody? Do you want them hating police officers? Do you want them supporting lawlessness and homelessness and, and working, working their knuckles dry to, to raise enough money to be able to pay rent to see all that go towards su- people that didn't come in the right way and came in illegally across the border? Do we really, is that fundamentally what we really want? Does that give us, a, any of us, a future? And, you know, if, if you look at it, it really doesn't. It really doesn't make sense. No, I totally, I totally agree with you. And I, I want to ask you a little bit about the nature of your race. So I know yeah, that you've please. got, a, you've got, a, you've got a primary coming up in June, right? And, and we do who's, June seventh. Who, who's going to be your opponent in the in the general once you win the primary? Well, well, and and uh, there's 22 in the field, so so okay. so it's going to be a daunting task. But I am the Republican front runner. Um, I'm one of the only non rhinos um, in the whole, you know, in the whole thing. There's a there's a rhino endorsed a trial lawyer um, that put in an election integrity lawsuit and then said there was no voter fraud in 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he's also said that he's tried all these Supreme Court cases. But then we come to find out that there's 40 attorneys in his in the firm that he doesn't own. And he actually admits on a program a couple of days ago that he wasn't even one of the attorneys that was there. So interesting oh stuff there, right? Yeah. So, do or so, do not, but, there is no try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. right. As, uh, yeah. And, and you know, but no, he's he's just one of these dudes that just full of failed shit. perennial. Yeah, basically, you, you said it, I didn't, right? Yeah, cool. Awesome. I love that one. And, and I no, can do all just, those for you, man. I'm not running. Uh, you, you, yeah, yeah, you totally can. Please do. Please do. People will pull up. Oh, remember when Dr. Cordy was with 1776? He liked the F-bomb. Yes. At one point, I did I did uh, frequent and tried the F-bomb occasionally. Well, a lot it's of part of being in the Marines. Like, hey, Doc. Well, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I always say in this race, I'm the only guy that's not afraid to say the F-word. And that's fraud because we know there was fraud in 2020, right? So, sure. but but at any rate, I digress. Where were we? <laughs> so, I, well, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the nature of the race because I don't actually, I, I should know this because I lived in Laguna Niguel until uh, 2000. Oh, Look at you, bougie. Yeah, I lived, I lived there for three years and um, uh, I couldn't afford it. So I moved to Texas and um, uh, uh, um, for other reasons as well, of course, as you can imagine. Uh, but I want to is is it, is it currently a Democrat senator representing that sort of half of the state? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so so I mean, as you know, right, U.S. Senate, it's Kamala Harris's old seat. You know, mm. both both senators cover the entire state. Um, and you've got Feinstein and then Kathleen Kamala that went to the White House, excuse me, was replaced by Alex Padilla. And, and uh, you know, I'm only calling her that. People are like, well, why are you name calling? Because think about what this woman hasn't done for your state and your country. Like, like legitimately, let's take like we need to start like looking at people's record and what they've actually done versus what comes out of their mouth. I mean, right. seriously, like 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 what have you done? And goes on the, the right too. That, yeah, no, no, 100 percent, because there's dinos and rhinos on both sides, Democrats in name only, Republicans in, in, in uh, name only. I mean, we could start Jurassic Park with both groups. Right. And, and, and I'm saying <laughs> that like people are like, oh, well, you're a Republican. I'm a Republican because if there was a, a a party that could that could be the party, the third party that could be competitive called the Constitutional Party, that's the one I'd be. And that's not an extreme view. I bow to the flag. I bow to Jesus and I bow to the Constitution. And it happens to be that despite the Republican establishment that we all know exists, the rhinos out there, the Republican Party is the one that is gone. Most of them are, are non-socialist. In their in their behavior, they're most aligned with freedom, um, and it's a two party system. Do I think it should be that way? No, I don't. Do I think there needs to be limits on on people running and amounts? I think if you said the cap for a U.S. Senate race is half a million dollars, wow, you would really start to see what candidates are made of. In congressional races, maybe it's three hundred thousand. I don't know. Whatever that number is, I just you, you know, massive reform needs to happen related to that part of the process because the swamp doesn't happen or you don't start the swamp when you get to dc it starts when you announce your candidacy 100 percent it does so i i'm a big fan of the lord of the rings i'm not sure if you are um but when My i think precious. about <laughs> <laughs> when i think about california it reminds me a little bit of um uh, Lord of the Rings, where um, the steward of Gondor made his son go back and retake a capture. Yeah, you're getting city. way too techy for me now. All I remember is the slimy do my process. All right, I just so thought he was a freak. So, so the so, point, that, the point the right, that I'm trying to make the right show. That's the right show. You got the right show. The point I'm trying to make is um, uh, uh, California, to many conservative-minded people in the country, feels like a land lost with no hope of recapture. And so how is it that you hope to make a difference in a state that seems so hopeless? And I'm not saying it to be a Debbie Downer. I'm saying it just because I want to hear what you're No, you're going to have to tie. I'm laughing because I'm thinking about a picture of, of, um, gosh, Gollum. Is that his name? Gollum? Yeah, Gollum. Gollum. There's too many G's. Steve Kiev. It's all the same. Gollum or Gandalf. Those, I remember the hairy dude and then the slimy dude, right? So, so, um. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like once you get once you have a five year old and a three year old and they've got like monster truck underwear and and blippy socks and, you know, all that. That's that's the world I'm in. So the only thing I think I remember from even 10 years ago is, you know, how 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 many wrinkles there were on Sylvester Stallone's face when he did the 25th Rocky. You know, that's (laughs) that's probably about it. But but no, at any rate. Um, so question one more time. I digress again. Sure, you got me sure. Laughing, man. So, so for many, California is a lost cause for many conservative yeah. minded people. How how do you um, what makes you think that that California can be sort of resurrected from this leftist nightmare? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think the proof is in the pudding, honestly. I mean, whether you hated Orange Man or not, you know, I'm a Trump guy and I'm a Jesus guy. But whether you hated Donald Trump or whether you didn't just look at the record, like, like simply like from a business standpoint, are you better off now than you were two years ago, two and a half years ago? And fundamentally with a 7% inflation rate, gas prices that are $7. And a lot of people who voted on the other side didn't even know. I've asked people in California, Chase, they didn't even know about the Keystone pipeline. So many Mm -hmm. of them didn't know about the Keystone pipeline. They didn't know that it existed. And, and what a scary, like, what a scary place for us to be in as a society where we believe these talking points and we don't recognize that it's straight out of the book that uh, uh, Cleon Skousen wrote called The Naked Communist, right? Like those 45 points, boom, we're like 98% through them. So, you know, I think two years of tyranny, having to wear a facial apparatus on your face, being told that big government and state government wanted to control what goes in your kids' brains and your kids' veins, 
being told that, you know, strip clubs and people handing out marijuana, that was more essential than the mom and dad that had, you know, a, you know, a pastry shop or owned a barber shop that they had just gr- blood, sweat and tears grinded over for 30 years, three decades, or maybe a second generation. They were passing that business on and losing everything. I think that plexiglass Zoom funerals, there's so many different scenarios that we could sure. bring up where people are just like, hey, I'm out. I'm out. Democratic Party, like read between the lines. You didn't stand up for me when I was worried about putting food in my kids' mouths. You didn't stand up for me. And and we saw this in Virginia. We saw it in New Jersey. When these mama bears get turned out and they get turned out in numbers in this political climate, we can win. We can win. And so 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 many people have this belief that that if I'm able to catapult through this primary, God willing, I will be with all the with all the different, you know, the liars, cheats and thieves that we've met in politics and the way we've been extorted. And, you know, the different changes I made in my campaign, if we can persevere through all that, God has a promise, I think, that that we can win this seat. We can win this seat. I firmly believe that. And I'm going to have pollsters at every drop box. I'm going to get Dinesh out here. I'm going to be throwing 2,000 mules everywhere. Like, like I'm serious, man. I'm going to have 2,000 mules. I'm going to have T-shirts. Like, I don't care, dude. Like, I right. really don't care. But but that's why so many people on the left and right want to stop my campaign right now because I'm a threat. I'm, I'm the biggest threat on the ballot in the U.S. Senate race because I'm the only guy that doesn't care. I've had the death threats, Chase. You know, Matt Couch can tell you I've had hit pieces done in BuzzFeed, Politico, one with Matt Couch. Like this is the first time I got to buddy, buddy, buddy with one of my good friends at a hit piece. Great guy. Yes, we're hip, hit piece brothers, <laughs> man. We were there together, right? Yeah, hit piece so, homies. So, so, yeah, hit piece homies. I like that. Yeah. And and so, uh, you know, I just think that, that um, God's really got a plan and he's got a plan to release and vindicate this state. And bring this state back to the once California greatness that we saw with a, a, a you know, with a, a man that's shining down on us right now, I believe, named Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Make California great again. Right. So one of the Amen. things I, one of the things I want to ask you about is, um, you know, obviously, California is its own story, but there's another sort of uh, uh, problem, too, which is the challenge of reshaping the Republican Party. As you know, third parties are very difficult to start in the United States, not really viable um, at this point, at least basically impossible unless you have about a half a billion dollars. And no one can seem to come together to make it happen. The Libertarian Party is is spends more time uh, uh, biting each other's heads than it does, you know, actually fighting uh, for liberty. And so there's challenges there. Uh, but what I want to ask you is, like, how are we going to reshape the Republican Party to bring it back to its roots? Because I feel very discouraged and, uh, frankly, enraged when I see, you know, 49 Republicans vote to give $40 billion to Ukraine uh, particularly when they have the likes of the Azov Battalion fighting for them while our mothers can't find formula for their babies. Well, and, and honestly, that's all about donors, side deals, and worrying about getting reelected. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, I'll just say if if congressional representatives and senators spent more time in their states and their districts with their constituents doing sit-ins, doing civil disobedience, activism, and and coming to their states other than just for fundraising purposes, if they did that and they knew the hearts and minds of the people, what you would see is the same type of voter turnout that, that you saw in the 2020 election. Massive rallies that were like a Kid Rock concert or George Strait concert, right? Right. Those were Trump's rallies. And then, and then sadly, you know, the cadaver in the White House – had like five people showing up around one table and that was it. Right. hundred percent. So, <laughs> and I'm not saying this because he's a Democrat. I'm saying this because he sold out this country and there's yeah, so well, many yeah. Republicans. There's so many Republicans to your point that have done the same thing. The Mitch McConnell's of the world, the Mitt Romney's there's so many of them and there's people in this state party. So many delegates in this state CAGOP party and the consultants are like, Oh, Dr. Cordy, that's political suicide. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe give me I'm not liberty the or guy give to me have death. a seat at the. Well, I, I mean, fundamentally, like, what do we do if 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 the if you can barely tell the difference between a Republican and a Democrat? Because to your point, 
they're voting for this trillion dollar package that's going out because everybody that 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 wants to get clicks and views and all this other stuff is saying it's the right thing. Meanwhile, our inflation rates are at seven percent. Our gas prices are 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 barreling down on seven dollars. It was six sixty nine the other day for diesel. Like, wow, what are we doing? Like, we should all be frightened by that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I don't know. I guess my my hope. I, and I don't know if it's if it's the nature of the system because it seems like what happens. And I, I I grew up in Central Illinois, and we would send, you know, a conservative rep either to the state legislature or to the or to Congress, U.S. Congress, and we the community would be so excited about them. And then, like they just they would totally flip. They would vote completely different than what they preached when they were running. And I think a lot of it was um, the the swamp pressure to sell out once you're once you're elected in order to get the the uh, committee placements right it seems like there's a whole lot of leverage for new rookie sort of congressmen um there's there's a whole lot of pressure on them to play along with the party lines otherwise they're not going to get any committee appointments and they're not going to be able to do anything at all for their district what what are you going to do in order to kind of keep yourself protect yourself against that vulnerability as a new senator well i think you just expose it Mm. I think you expose it. I, I mean, why why don't we use we the people to leverage against that? And, 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 and I mean, what I mean is I've said since day one, civil disobedience is the most underutilized tool for for from a legislative standpoint to, to bring about change and get political leverage in districts and states. Because imagine if like Richard Pan is one of the big just POSs in our state. Uh, this guy's a state senator, and he's bought out by GlaxoSmithKline, Merck, Pfizer, tons of tons of pictures with Hillary Clinton. I mean, which it only makes him a bad person that he had pictures with her because she's the second spawn of Satan, and they both sold out their country. Very clear, just like Mitch McConnell. He's in the same group. They've all got a bunkhouse and room together in hell, all of them, right? And and he's he's put up legislation to take – a uh, uh, matter of fact, a bill he just uh, uh, supported and put out there now gives 12 year olds in the state of California permission to say, hey, I want the covid vaccine. I'm going to get it. Go ahead and inject me. And a 12 year old now in the state of California can authorize themselves to get a, a vaccine that they can make a medical decision on their own, but they can't join the military. They can't drive a vehicle like insane. Right. So, you know, what I would say is. Political leverage is so important. And, um, you know, somebody like Dick Pan, and I do call him Dick because Richard isn't fitting for him, um, sure. that, that in these businesses, in these districts that, that they have that are affluent and, and, and well-to-do corporations, you go in there, you take different groups like the 20 to 40 that I mobilized in California that, that can really bring up all these different groups in California, these small patriotic groups can bring about mobilizing 20 to 40,000 people statewide. So you think about the impact of just doing a Martin Luther King Jr. type of, of sit in or walk out and say, you know what, if you're going to pass these pass these draconian laws, if you're going to put out this draconian legislation, 40 of us, 50 of us are going to walk out. We're not coming back to work until you do something different. There's political leverage in there because they lose their money for their purse and they lose their votes. So conversely, I would say there's so much we can do with online media to go into other people's districts and say, hey, I don't know if you know this or not about your congressman or your senator, but he just tried to get me to pay 400 G's or he just tried to get me to take money from this pack and be quiet about A, B, C and D so I could get this committee placement. But people are worried about their donors and, re and, and getting reelected. And, you know, I'm just not worried about any of it. Right. You know, make me a martyr, shoot me, whatever you want to do. Right. I, let's bring it. Let's bring it. Like p your give a damn has to get busted as, as Jody Messina used to say, right. She's a country music singer. For those of you that don't know, she, she wrote a song, my give a damn is busted. And like some of these guys have to get to that point to put their country first. And none of them have been willing to. And Chase, I just don't care, man. Like, like, like I yeah. really don't, I care, but I don't care in the sense of calling out these scumbags, leveling up against them. We've got them at the state and federal level, and somebody has to be willing to do it.
So tell me a little bit about your background. I got a little bit of it from the uh, campaign that we ran at the beginning. Uh, so where did you come up and uh, when did you join the armed forces? Well, born in Alabama, um, raised in Seattle, moved back to Alabama. I've, I've lived in everything that can be lived in. Uh, we, we were in Spokane and, and uh, Elk, Washington, which is probably, I don't know, I'd say probably 45 minutes east of Spokane. I guess you would say east along um, the um, Spokane-Idaho border there for probably three or four years. Um, but grew up hunting and fishing. Uh, I grew up, grew up, you know, trout fishing, bass fishing, uh, uh, salmon fishing. We had horses, all sorts of stuff. Um, grew up around hunting. You, you know, my dad always told me about the NRA. I always grew up just loving the country and loving the Marine Corps. Um, so when my parents got divorced and they moved back to Alabama, um, you know, I found myself, I don't know, probably a sophomore in, in, uh, in high school. And I was the quiet guy, believe it or not, that sat in the corner, didn't have a high health, a high self-esteem and didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, couldn't, couldn't score an ACT where, uh, you know, an ACT score where I could get like a scholarship. So it was kind of like, do I really want to take out student loans? Can I even pass school? Cause I had a learning disability at the time. Um, and man, what, what like put, put the right hand up. I was supposed to be on the buddy program with a guy named Scott Patton. Sorry, Scott, Scott, I called you out, called you out on a program. Um, and, uh, you know, Scott kind of weaseled out of it last minute. It's true, Scott, you know, you did. Um, he, he weaseled <laughs> out of it um, a couple of weeks before whatever. I was already headstrong on doing that. I, I'd done the delay entry program and, and honestly, you know, my dad just, um, got us where we, we just respected all armed services. And Marines were like, it was like Jesus and then the Marine Corps. So, so, so it was kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad, my dad went to Paris Island, uh, but was medically discharged, um, at boot camp. So he never completed his training, but he would always, he adored and looked up to Marines. Um, so when I decided to do something, it was like really the first opportunity that I feel like God presented me with that, you know, anything's possible. Um, if you work hard, and you persevere and Marine Corps boot camp really allowed me to see for the first time in my life that that I might not be the smartest guy in the room, but I can outwork everybody. Um, mm -hmm. And it really, really showed me that and gave me the confidence. I, I probably just just I pr probably would not be sitting here today and I get choked up sometimes thinking about it um, if it wasn't for the Marine Corps. So what year was it that you became a Marine? 1998. So believe it or not, you know, I look like Doogie Hauser, but I'm actually 42. Um, I'm actually 42. And, and you can see the bags, you know, the bags from uh, Blippi and Paw Patrol and Baby Poop and then working 80 hour work weeks trying to win a uh, statewide campaign, statewide federal campaign. So, so you were in the armed services when the uh, towers got hit. I was. In fact, I was in Okinawa, Japan. Um, I was in Okinawa, Japan, Camp Schwab, which is the most northern infantry uh, base. Not to and, be confused um, with Klaus Schwab. <laughs> yes, definitely not, to, <laughs> definitely not to be confused. Yeah, yeah, I think he's in the same cave that Gollum is. Gollum. <laughs> they're saying my precious about different things, right? Gollum's saying it about world. It's uh, all about uh, power. Uh, Klaus, yeah, yeah, Klaus Schwab Gollum is saying it all about world power. Exactly, right? He's not worried about a ring. He's... He wants to hold the whole rain in his hands, right? You got the whole world. In yeah, right. So, so uh, people are going to enjoy this show, right? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, um, I've enjoyed it. I'll tell you what, best time I had since the Indy 500. I love it. I love it, man. Um, but see, I digress again. Oh, yeah. And and so I was with 4th Marines and 3rd Recon. And, um, uh, you know, we um, got got a knock at the door. Um Gosh, the, the, the morning of September 11th. And um, they told us for the, you know, for the first time in my Marine Corps career, you know, two in the morning, the uh, the uh, sergeant on duty um, told us to put on our camis and come to the uh, uh, kind of the meeting area, the break room of the of the um, barracks that we were in. Um, and we saw planes going into the towers and then it was, you know, we're in flak jackets, we're in helmets. And, um, you know, I got to tell you, that was the most patriotic time period um, that I've ever experienced as a as a U.S. citizen. Hmm. And if we could get back to that 
camaraderie where it wasn't a left versus right. It wasn't a blue versus red. And, and the only thing, the biggest thing that has changed is the political talking points, the narratives and the mainstream media, right? The mainstream media has, has mobilized the establishment as a whole and found inroads from a stock standpoint, from a corporate standpoint into, you know, Rupert Murdoch kind of controlling um, the, the, the uh, cabal of, of different media outlets and sources. But I think one of the most beautiful things about it, Chase, is as a result, you know, um, patriots have gotten more innovative. You know, we've mm-hmm. got Gateway Pundit. We've got Epic Times. We've got, uh, excuse me. One American Podcast. Like <laughs> One American Podcast. One American News. Newsmax. Now, I was going to mention, we've got, we, we've got podcasts like yours of all sizes, right? Which, which mm-hmm. yours is pretty big, right? Yours is pretty big. It's, it's not Joe Rogan yet, but not you've yet. got all these ranges of independent people sure. putting voices out and you've got your, you know, half a million, million followers, right? However high it is. And they're sharing your information. They're like, Hey, I saw Chase, you know, it's teaching independent thought and critical thinking again and, and, and objective news. And I think the only thing that was, you know, frightening during, during the, um, you know, in and around the election is how many people were spreading false narratives. Like, like one of the things with, with what the fake news created was all these psyops that go on where people are like, Hey, did you hear about the reptilian aliens that are coming and, and all this craziness? And I don't know if I lost five votes by saying that, but it like, like, you know what I'm saying, right? Like sure, the, a lot the, of the telegrammers and, and all these different like shiny objects. Oh, is he in the White House? Is there a green screen? You know, and, and all this stuff that's out there. And I'm not making fun of anybody that believed that, but I'm saying whatever's true or not true, the fake news created this this vortex where sometimes it's like really hard to tell what's true and right. what's not true. So obviously after 9-11, um, I agree with you. There was a tremendous amount of camaraderie. I was just a young kid. I was 11, I think. when it, Yeah, I was 11 when it happened. We're about to turn 11. Uh, but I remember the patriotism, and the patriotism was sort of longstanding. I mean, it went almost all the way up until the um, Great Recession kicked in. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, we got involved in Afghanistan, and then we got involved in Iraq, and it all made sense at the time. And then looking back, it's like, what the hell were we thinking? And so I'm curious, like from your perspective now, as as as, as someone who's running for Senate, uh, as someone who served in the Marine Corps, um, uh, what are your thoughts on how we handled our response to 9-11 and what would you have done differently, if anything? Great question. Great question. And definitely one, definitely one to get me in trouble, potentially. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, no, 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 I would say this. I would say, you know, there's, I think that the last three years has really led us down a road where, you know, asking questions and looking back is not a bad thing. You know, I think we have to be careful, you know, just like the mainstream media, it's like, okay, you know, we can't, we can't tell up from down. What were you not telling us? Right. Like, like, like now that Pandora's box has been opened, like, what were you not telling us? What were you withholding? It's kind of like that little white lie. Like once it, it grows and grows and grows and it snowballs, it's like, okay, now I don't really know up from down. And, you know, certainly being on the campaign trail, when, when conversations like this with different folks come up, because, you know, whether it's the different movements that were going on that start with certain letters of the alphabet, right, that, that, that were happening uh, uh, in and around um, the, the transition of 45 coming out of office and, you know, the whole heist that occurred there um, with the fraud, you know, um, which is proven in 2000 mules. It was really proven before that, but, but nobody wants to see it or acknowledge it. I think that with the CDC lying, the PCR test being false, us knowing and having the data before people started wearing these things over their nose and face that it causes CO2 toxicity, that it's just like, you know, if you had holes in a fence and you're getting molecules of, of, of um, virus that can go through those holes, it's like a chain link sure. fence. It's, it's, it's not any better than that. You know, I think you do have to ask these questions about like, okay, we know Colin Powell, we know what he said about, you know, WMDs and all that, like, like what were we doing? Right. Um, but I always stand with the armed forces. I always stand by, by our leaders 
and the best knowledge that we have at the time. And until I have factual, real evidence like a 2000 mules, because it's very hard to deny. How do you deny when you have a cell phone and somebody can pinpoint that votes were dropped in this ballot and then they catch you on candid camera? Right. And they all happened in the span of a five hour period. It's really hard. That's kind of like, you know, that emoji that goes like this. Yeah. It's it's yeah. like really hard to like deny that, right? Like that's that's a tough one. How you deny that, I don't know. Sure. Because it's impossible. You have to be in some level of just just ignorance to deny that. Um, but yeah, no, no, I think that that what the last two decades have done and certainly the last three years is just create a lot of questions and critical thinking that needs to happen. Sure. Well, and, and you mentioned the three letter agencies, and I, I want to talk to you about that as a as a future senator because one of my greatest concerns for the nation is um, uh, the what I call the unchecked fourth branch of government government that is the uh, intelligence community, and I think Agreed. you know when our when our founding fathers formed our constitution and made this country, there had never been anything like the intelligence community that had existed in any empire before, whether it was King George or whether it was Rome at its prime. I mean, there was not this level of intelligence. I mean, there were, there've always been spies, you know, and there've been networks of spies, but like what we have today is completely unprecedented in terms of like the ability to monitor every single piece of communication, both domestically and abroad. And, you know, you served in the Marines. I'm sure that you used a lot of intelligence in in your time in order to, in order to have safer and more efficient operations. Right. Um, But my concern is, Sort of like what we've seen since January 6th, where we've really seen that apparatus turn inward. And we've seen instances where like there was an attempted kidnapping of a governor and that turned out to be a setup by the intelligence community. You know, I think that there were some there there were some genuine bad actors on January 6th. But I think that there were a lot of intelligence instigators that were provoking people and allowing it to happen. And we've got 500 people that are still locked up and haven't seen trial yet. And some of them are in solitary confinement. And the only thing that they can do together is sing the national anthem every night at 9 p.m., which which I've seen reports that they're doing which is inspiring, but what are you going to be able to do as a Senator? Cause it seems like anybody who ever comes out against the intelligence community in a real tangible way gets, you know, shot in a convertible. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you just have to, you know, um, I, I got to be careful here too, but I'll, I'll sure. just say I'm a lifetime NRA member. That's the, that's what we'll say right there. Right. Sure. Um, you know, I think that, um, yeah, anytime you stand up, um, you're a target you're a target in, in, in every way, you know, you know, wh- whether it's death threats or people trying to act on those death threats. And um, certainly, you know, even at my level, which I'm not even, you know, a Matt Gates or a Madison Cawthorn, you know, those types, um, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I, or, or, or a Daryl Issa, I'm, I'm none of those people. And um, I, uh, you know, I, you know, I always, I have a CCW. I always, I always carry, you know, I always carry because um, you never know what's going to happen. But what I would say is, you know, we have to start thinking differently. And I think that in thinking differently, we have to be deathly afraid of looking back on the last few years. If you wanted to say the biggest detriment to national security, but really more than national security, our own civil liberties and and the sovereignty that we have as we the people was the Patriot Act. And and it's not, you know, if you would have mentioned the Patriot, Patriot Act and sovereignty 15 years ago, 17 years ago, when it was coming out, there were so many people circa 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5. If you mentioned the Patriot Act, you were looked at this as this right wing loon or, or the, just this. Or a commie person. on the like, other end. Yeah. 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 Like, what are you what are you doing? I guarantee if you polled most patriots, most Republicans and probably most independents right now. They would see the connection between the, the, the way they've been lied to the last three years and this this establishment global agenda. That the Patriot Act was just one example of that, hmm. right? It's just one example of that, of, of trying to take your liberties away, like, like trying to take your liberties away. Like, you know, you mentioned like Intel, like it's fascinating to me. I got two bad Yelp reviews this morning and got some, 
this interview I did with Charlie Kirk, where I interviewed him, taken down this morning in the span of six minutes. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. In the span of six minutes, nothing to see there. Right. It's just like, OK, well, what's going on here? Right. It's like it's like when I had all the death threats, I had to get somebody to talk to Yelp because we had 60, 60 things. He's a he's an insurrectionist or as crying Chuck would say, an erectionist. That's what he said from the Senate floor. <laughs> Sounds like a person. That's the guy problem. who hasn't had an erection in 40 years. <laughs> Well, well, I guess that's one of the deals with Pfizer that didn't go so well, right? But, but uh, <laughs> if your insurrection, <laughs> if you, if your insurrection lasts more than four terms, call your doctor, Doctor yeah. Cordy Williams. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, I'm gonna stay away from that one. I'm gonna stay away from that. One. But, but, but no, it's it, it's funny though. It's it's interesting. It's sad that 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 that's where we've gone, you know. And and now we're talking red flag laws, and now again. Just just making people think, not trying to be somebody that's just crazy, but like the frequency of these mass shootings hmm. the last two, three months. I don't know, man. And, and I don't say anything until I have until I can see it. And I see fact right there. Like I got to see fact. It's got to be Professor Plum in the library with the candlestick. Right. right. Like, like it's got to line up like that. But you just there's just something that constantly smells. It, it doesn't smell right. And, and I think people, we, we have to be hyper vigilant of our freedoms, hyper vigilant of our kids. And, and you can't think for anybody that lives in this country or in this world right now to think that they can bake cupcakes and take their kids to soccer practice and be in some level of cognitive dissonance. I think you're putting your life, your family's life and your kid's life like in danger in in a massive amount of danger because um you know at what point does a patriot stand up and at what point do do people good men and women out there say you know what i'm not doing that i didn't sign up for that is it all about the money is it all about the business because i can tell you in being in the industry of politics when you talk to a consultant or a person that has to feed their family there aren't many of them that have changed from from the last three years of doing business to the way they did business six years ago. Like, and, and, and that's sad because they're still supporting, backing, and putting into play establishment rhinos and dinos. And it's really sad because um, if I had one big threat that I would think that would that would shift and rock this country, it would be for us to never change the political machine that kind of makes the industry run, you know, where all these well-intended candidates are getting fleeced for all their money or, you, you know, they're just feeling the corruption. Cause I got to tell you, man, I, I have never harder than Marine Corps boot camp has been running for office because of the lack of loyalty, the deceit and the filthy grimy, like in San Francisco, they have a crap app because they want to prevent people from stepping in steamers. Right, oh, yeah. right. Right. Which is a pile of crap. Right. And, and, and like, like literally I've been in politics for six months. And what I can tell you is there is nothing more. The filthiest part of humanity is the political circles in the industry that drive people getting into office. If you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't have a spiritual moral compass and you don't have some God or creator and I'm a Jesus guy, not to say I'm a choir boy and I've been perfect. I've made a million mistakes in my life. If you don't have that though, oh my God. Like, it's easy like to get pulled, you just pulled in oh, the oh, darkness. Oh, oh, oh my God, man. Like one of the first things I want to do when I get in the US Senate is uh, I'm gonna have I already talked to the guy about it. I already offered him a spot. It's a guy named Douglas V. Gibbs, that's a 20-year constitutionalist. I'm gonna have him right there by me. Yeah. I think some of these guys, you know, around them, instead of a chief of staff, you need a Christian spiritual advisor that you mm-hmm. pay and a constitutionalist. I mean, even if you get the crappiest chief of staff in the world, but you have a constitutionalist near you and you have some Christian spiritual advisor, oh my God, what can you not do with that? And then when somebody tries to sue you, is that legal? No, it's not. Okay, let's get an attorney, right? And and I guarantee right. you some of these constitutionalists fighting for this country who aren't attorneys are are, are the ones like, like Douglas V. Gibbs that are gonna change America. And, and, and what they do is, a lot of times these guys are teaching 
the constitutional attorneys the Constitution because the constitutional attorneys don't really know the Constitution. They just know what they've been taught by the, sure. the legal apparatus, the legal establishment apparatus, which I'm sure is controlled. And there's a cabal within uh, within itself there. Right. As well. So one of the things that you mentioned that um, that piqued my interest was when we were talking about the Patriot Act and we were talking talking a little bit about globalism. And of course, little jokes about Klaus Schwab came up. Um, I'm really concerned and about Gollum. the world. Yeah, and Gollum, right? Same thing. I'm really concerned about the uh, World Economic Forum and this globalist um, sort of movement to um, uh, change the way that the global economy works based on like this ESG score, right? So it's this ESG score has been coming out. It's sort of been something that globalists have been talking about for a number of years, but it's actually starting to play right now. And it stands for, I believe, environmental sustainability and governance. And it's basically like a, uh, an economic credit score that, that the globalists want to use in order to determine which businesses can get access to capital, so if you wow. want like a Vanguard or a BlackRock to be able wow. to like to invest in your company, you have to have like a, you have to meet standards of environmentalism, sustainability and governments. And so it has Scary. to do with like climate change and it has to do with like the minimum amount of diversity in your businesses and things like that. Stop I don't it. I don't know how much you've how much you've looked into it, but how can we keep the United States sovereign and, and so that it doesn't get sucked into selling out the American people to globalist interests? Well, you know, I've said this and, and I could give you the sexy political answer, but but, you know, I won't do that. And I, I unfortunately have to go in about probably eight minutes. Sure. Um, just because I'm actually driving to meet a donor, believe it or not, um, and a good friend. Kidney or um, liver? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, um, heart. Heart. Yeah. I like yeah. it. No, no, I was going to say something else. If I wasn't running for office, I would have given you another organ to really make you laugh. But, but no, no. So. So uh, <laughs> the uh, buttocks region, because it's all, you know, the last six months have done a lot. Right. Yeah. Right. No, right. <laughs> um, but but um, no, I mean, I think that that what, what we have to do is go back to the roots of how we take back our country. And I think what the last two years have taught us is, you know, these rallies and protests and activism. It's so important. It's waking people up. You know, these different groups that have been started as a result of the last two or three years, these different social media outlets, whether it be True Social, Getter, uh, uh, you know, Gab, Telegram, these different levels and, and ways that we communicate have, have, have gotten more creative. These different patriotic groups, so important. But, but I think the rallies are great. The civil disobedience, the going to the boards of education, the getting different sheriffs elected at the local level, getting, you know, real, real big lions in place like Governor DeSantis that is really from a state standpoint, he's always in front of federally what he's seen. If he sees a something tyrannical that's happened from a federal standpoint, he's already mandating it, even though nobody's trying to push it in Florida, he's already got it there. And is, you know, is that a good play for, you know, president at some point? Of course it is. But but also it's it it's really just shows how amazing he is as a leader. Like he sees the possibilities of what could come in his state. So he's covering his constituents. But by 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 basically saying, hey, we're going to put this into law. Now you're not going to do this in the state of Florida. So 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 I think it's getting people into office that are bold like that. But again, civil disobedience is the next legislative weapon. It's where we're going. There's no getting around that because you can talk to a terrorist and someone that's been bought out, um, you know, bought, bought, paid for and sold, um, sold out their country for years. And, and you're not going to get them to back down from their position. You have to force their hand. And unless you've got, you know, Donald Trump FU money, the only way you're going to do that is to to leverage them with people outside their door day after day, with people walking out of businesses. You saw it with the truckers. You saw it with Southwest Airlines. If we got the 3% of 1774 and 1775 up to 10, 15, 20%, Oh, my God, there's nothing that we couldn't do as we the people. And that starts with the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Mac Ates, people that have that that social authority, people that that have grown that that um, influence, that 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 have garnered that following. 
not giving a crap about getting reelected and the bold things that got them elected in the first place, taking that another step. And some of them are too scared to put their family in harm's way in some cases, I would say. Some of them are worried about their donors getting reelected. We all have to get to that point where our give a damn is busted because if we don't chase, we're all going to be standing in that bread line. And I pray to God that my five-year-old and three-year-old never see that um, because I will take my last breath preventing that from happening um, because I'd never want them to walk into that because if they experienced what I've experienced about my country the last three years, like I would have nightmares the rest of my life if I ever knew they had to walk into the reality that I've walked into the last three years and that a lot of us have. You know, a lot of us have faced it you know, you know, in different ways, but I've been fighting it. And I can tell you, um, it's been my life for, I've met some amazing people, but I feel like every day I wake up, Chase, I'm living a movie. Yeah. And that's not because of the good things that are happening. It's because of where I've seen this country go. So where can people find you and support your campaign? Yeah, you can go to Cordy for Senate.com C O R D I E number four Senate.com. That's Cordy C O R D I E number four Senate.com. We're in a big push right now. I'm trying to get another 60 grand in the next seven days. That would allow us to send out another 6 million emails um, to five primary counties that we're targeting. Um, Cause we got to win this primary first. Um, uh, and, and I'm, you know, every day God's showing me a different direction and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and, you know, I certainly need everybody's prayers out there as well, because um, whatever that percentage is to get me in that second spot, we could we could literally make history, Chase. And I'd love to prove all the naysayers, all the pundits, all the people in Palm Beach that didn't believe and said said California needs to fall in the ocean and gave up on the single moms and the people having to move away. Um, I'd love to give all of them the middle finger. Awesome. Well, it was an honor and a pleasure to have you on the podcast um, uh, tonight, and I wish you the best in your campaign, and I will continue to uh, support you in any way that I can, and I hope that you win both the primary and the general, and uh, we can truly make America and California great again. Well, thanks, Chase. Thanks for having me on. You're a lot of fun. I would love to come on again. And, Anytime. Uh, y- y- you know, I don't know what sci-fi movie we'll talk about in the future, but <laughs> I-, I-, I really enjoy Gollum. So so uh, he reminds me a lot of Fauci, actually. So yeah, yeah. same guy, uh, right? Yeah, same, same dude. Just I think Gollum has, ear, you know, hair in his ears. Well, Fauci does probably, too. So who knows? we just don't see it. We just don't see it with all the masks on that he wears all the time. Right. That's right. That's himself. right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so, man. Well, you take care and best of luck in your campaign. If there's anything I can do for you, just let me know, okay? God bless you, buddy. Will do. Semper Fi. Appreciate you.